The scripture reading this morning will be taken from 2 Timothy, chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. If you want to follow along in your pew Bible, it's on page 843. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, starting in verse 10. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Last week, my wife and I uh, enjoyed a very special treat in that there were three ladies from Victoria, friends of Robin's, who decided to come out and surprise her. Robin's birthday was back in February, on February 2nd, or February 1st. Megan's birthday is on February 2nd. Boy, you got to get that one right, guys. <clears throat> and um, and uh, these ladies had not, of course, had a chance to celebrate Robin's birthday with her, and so they thought, we're going to come out to, to uh, Calgary and surprise her and celebrate her birthday with her in March when we have opportunities. So they called me a month and a half ago and set all this up and said, we'd like to come out and, and spend some time there. And we want to be in the house when Robin gets home from work on the Thursday. We'll just be in the house fixing dinner. She can just come in and find us there with no idea at all that they were coming out. And that's exactly how it played out. It was wonderful. Robin came in the house with Megan on Thursday afternoon. <clears throat> They'd been very busy at work and were supposed to be really busy at work on Friday, but I'd already worked it out with Robin's boss that she wasn't coming in on Friday. And so when she got home uh, on Thursday afternoon and walked in the house, uh, she could tell something was up. You know, she kept saying to Megan, what's going on? Like, what's that smile on your face for? And, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, finally, she figured out that these ladies were in our kitchen fixing uh, the meal, and uh, it was just wonderful, that, that great surprise. Well, one of the reasons that these particular people came, that they're so special to our family and such good friends of Robin's, is because we all, uh, you know, th those families and my family, spent a lot of time together years ago raising our children together in the Lord. And if you've done that, if you've had that kind of experience, you know just how special that is. There is, a, there is something that happens when families together raise their children in the Lord that doesn't connect them in quite any other way. Now, we experience that here in the small group of which we're part, and they have been meeting for a long time. We came into the small group fairly late. But the reason that the, that the small group originally formed was in order for these families to work together in raising their children together in the Lord. And so they've been going, I don't know how long it's been, 10 years or something that this small group has been together. And when they started, I, I've seen the pictures, their children were just little kids. And of course, the kids now are in high school or beyond. 
And there is this long tradition and these relationships of them raising together their children in the Lord. And I just praise the Lord that we had the opportunity to do that in Victoria. And I praise the Lord that there are young families here who are taking their children, raising their children together in the Lord. And of, and of course, there are many of you who have done that here, not just the small group of which I'm part, but there are many that have over decades, literally decades, have raised their children together in this place uh, in the Lord. And I, I just thank God for that. Unfortunately, there are incredible challenges facing parents today who would like to still do that very thing. It's not, I don't think, easy today to do that. I want you to watch this uh, little video clip, which will discuss exactly uh, that struggle. You may have trouble, of course, seeing this because of the light on the screen, but we'll s hopefully you'll get something out of this. I will tell you, it starts very dark to begin with. Like you know how when, um, when they're interviewing someone on television who doesn't want to be seen, you just kind of see a shadowy figure and a voice? That's how this starts anyway. So don't think that, that it's uh, the, the light on the screen or something. That's how this begins, and then it continues from there. Okay, Glenn? The ministry that I'm serving at currently has been in existence for 25 years. The percentage of young people that have come through the youth ministry there over time and are currently attending after high school is zero. Two-thirds of young people are going to leave the church. I mean, that, that's a shocking statistic. We have failed to reach the next generation. It's time to get past the denial phase. The house of God has been torn down. The walls are rubble. The gates of the city are ripped off its hinges. And it's a time of emergency. The world is failing. But, and if the Christian church is going to compromise with the way the world does things, if they're going to continue to see their families break down and dysfunctionality rule in the family, which is happening in society, if you want to drag that into the church, well, go ahead. Ruin your church and ruin your society and your civilization at the same time. I'm sorry, we're not playing that game. My name is Philip LeClaire. I'm on a journey to find out how we've failed to reach the next generation within the church. I'm not an expert or a theologian. I'm a filmmaker. Documenting what is believed to be one of the biggest problems facing the American church today. Along the journey, I'll be meeting with leaders in theology and youth ministry, asking what I believe to be some simple yet critical questions facing this generation. Every generation in the history of the church has had its defining issue. In our generation, the issue that's facing the church is whether parents will be able to raise up a new generation for the future. Thanks, Glenn. That's enough, but thank you very much. Listen to these words again from 2 Timothy chapter 3. But as for you... Continue in what you've learned and have been convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you've known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, this is interesting to me 
that Paul's specifically talking to Timothy here and saying, continue what you have learned. Because it's clear to me that Timothy had learned things. And Timothy didn't just come to the faith as an adult who comes out of paganism into the church, the way so many did, Gentiles from the, from the Mediterranean world who became Christians as adults as the church moved out into the Mediterranean world. That's not Timothy's story. Timothy's story is that he was raised from a child as a Christian. And he was raised as one who knew and understood from the beginning these things that were taught him. Paul goes on to say, you know those from whom you learned it. And so there are things that Timothy was taught very early on. They become part of his heritage. They become part of his family. They become part of who he is. And part of the reason that that happens is because somebody was living out a certain way and he saw it. You know those from whom you learned it. And so remain in those things that you learned, if for no other reason that you have seen within those from whom you learned it, this very lifestyle carried out. Now you and I know that as young people grow, they have every opportunity to depart from the things that they have learned. That's just true. And there are absolutely no guarantees about how this is going to go for us. I have known people who were absolutely committed to Jesus, who were wonderful from what I could tell, parents devoted to the Lord, people who had given their whole lives to Christ. But when it came to passing on their faith, when it came to passing that on so that their children would indeed have faith and be faithful Christians, it didn't work. It just didn't happen. And when I look at those people and I say, oh, you're you're broken Hearts I sympathize with so much. I recognize that they wanted more than anything for Christ to live in their children, but it just didn't happen. There just are no guarantees. There are other people I've known who are not particularly devoted to Christ, who have been marginally devoted to Jesus, and I have watched their children grow and become everything that God wanted them to be. And so sometimes it just doesn't work out the way that we want it to. And I know that there are parents here this morning and I could, I could say things and you'd, and you'd be thinking, oh, he's trying to make me feel guilty because my children aren't faithful. Well, let me tell you, there's no motivation here with that. I easily can understand how those of you who have been unable to see your children mature in their faith the way that you wanted, how your hearts break. I could so easily be just like you. And my heart could be breaking right now. And so I want you to know that I I recognize that. There are no judges here this morning of families. There are no judges here this morning of parents. At the same time, I think Scripture calls us to give our children every opportunity. 
And so while there are no guarantees, while it's possible that things will not go the way we want them to go, I think it's crucial that parents give themselves to Christ in such a way and attempt to pass on their faith in such a way that their children have every opportunity to come to Jesus. And I think this text speaks to that. When the text says, you know those from whom you learned it, there was something that was passed on. There was something Timothy saw in his mother and his grandmother. And those things became realities for Timothy as well. He also had the privilege, the blessing of having the Apostle Paul come his way. And that's a good thing. And it impacted him. But the things that were originally passed down to Timothy, the things that he was taught from the Scriptures, to these he has held tightly. And they have been ingrained in him. Just like children need firm rules. Have you noticed this? We start out with kids when they're five or six years old, or earlier than that, actually, of course, and we give them rules, very clear rules about what we want them to understand and to know. That way, they don't hurt themselves. And so we say, no, you're not going to put your hand on that burner. And if they try, they may well get their hand slapped, not because we so much enjoy slapping their hands, but because it's important for them to understand that this is not going to work that they could be harmed this way. I remember one time uh, years ago, I left the house, I'd gotten in the car, and I started to drive to the church building in, in California where I was working, and it was only a few blocks. I got in the car, I went around the corner, I started down the street, and all of a sudden, a toddler in his diaper runs down the hill, across the yard, out into the street, right in front of me. Now, fortunately, I saw the whole thing. I, you know, put on my brakes. I actually started to get out of the car because I thought somebody has got to get this kid, you know, he's two or two and a half or whatever he was, running across the street in front of my car. I thought, I, I don't know. Obviously, his parents, have, they're distractive and they don't know where he is, but he's out here in front of me. And so I started to get out of the car. And just as I did, another gentleman comes out of his house, also in his diaper. He's in his underwear. He runs he runs across the yard and out into the street and picks up his toddler and runs back in the house. Now, you know that there was an embarrassed father there and somewhere a very angry mother. <laughs> because daddy clearly was supposed to be watching that kid. And we have rules to prevent that kind of thing from happening. And so sometimes parents will put up gates so that their kids can't go out the door and run into the street. It's totally appropriate for parents today to set up and establish rules, especially when it comes to faith, and to say, here is a standard to which we want our children to adhere. And we give our children, especially when they're younger, rules to live by. And I think the scriptures enable us to have rules for them to live by, especially with respect to faith. They can take them down that road until they're old enough to make their own decisions. Eventually, that two-year-old that runs in front of my car will recognize that that's a bad idea. And his parents won't have to watch him every second. When he's 15, he probably won't run out of the house and down the yard and in front of my car. By then, something will have been taught to him. It'll be ingrained in him. He'll understand that that's, the way, that's not the way to do it. And it's the same way with the things that we need to teach our children. For a while, we give them very strict instruction. 
And I think we have to give them careful, strict instruction about what it means to live a life in Jesus so that with time, those things that have been ingrained in them as they adapt their own faith and have their own faith, those things will still be part of who they are. And so parents, I want to say this morning, be intentional. Be intentional about training your children in the Lord. I I am hoping that you take so seriously the task, the role of ingraining within your children the things of faith that indeed, as they grow older, the things that they have been taught, those things, from they will not depart from them because they'll be part of who they are. Now, just simply this morning, I want to just say a few things about what I think is important in making this happen. So leading our children to faith, maybe you can see that. Number one, model authentic faith. Model authentic faith. It is one thing for you to come here on a Sunday morning. It is a completely different thing for you to model authentic faith in front of your children. Now, I think that part of modeling your authentic faith means being here on a Sunday morning. I think this is important what we do together. It may not be the most important thing that we do together, but it's important. And I, so, I hope that you continue to bring your children here. I, I hope that you make this a priority for your week for you to bring your children here. But the most important thing is not so much for you to just get here on a Sunday morning as much as it is for you to live out your faith daily before your children. So I want to encourage you to do that. Take this seriously. I think it's a very easy thing for children to be raised in the church and to become adults and you get to be 20 or 25 or 30 and you start having your own children. And it's an easy thing if your family is already here to just continue to make that part of who you are without really thinking about what it is that you do. Like, has your faith really become your own? For those of you who are teenagers or young adults, it is so crucial that you get to that point in your life when your faith is your own faith and not just your parents' faith. And we find this so often today. This is a lot of what that video was about. Young people asking the question about, why am I doing this anyway? Is this really important? And it is so important in my view, and it's so important that you take seriously your own faith, that your faith becomes your own, so that you can then pass this on to your children. I think it's a difficult thing, even having been raised in the church, to pass on your faith to your children if your faith is not your own. And so it must be your own. You must live it out authentically. The second thing here is formulate a plan for the spiritual nurture of your children. When I was in high school, I started thinking about going to university, started wrestling with what major I might have, what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I I took very seriously the, the plan that I constructed in terms of what the rest of my life was going to look like. If I can take that kind of time in thinking about my secular plans and what I might want to do for a living as I move on in life, 
it makes sense to me that young parents, families could take very seriously or should take very seriously the idea of what it is for them to train their children in the Lord and to actually formulate a plan for how that's going to happen. Leaving up to chance the raising of your children in the Lord, having it be haphazard makes absolutely no sense to me, not with something so vital, so crucial, so important. And so let me encourage you, if you haven't done this, if, if you're a young couple with children, if you haven't done this before, then this afternoon or tomorrow, Tuesday night, whenever you do it, sit down with your spouse and the two of you need to say, what is our plan? How is it that this very important thing that needs to happen in our family, how is it going to happen? And take seriously formulation of a plan for how your children are going to end up being faithful Christians in the end. And here's some things I think you need to, to have as part of that plan. The first thing is scriptural knowledge. Now, we used to specialize in this in Churches of Christ, scriptural knowledge. In some ways, we've almost gotten away from this. Not so much in this church, and I'm proud about that, but in many ways, we've moved a little bit beyond this. And I think it's a mistake. I think parents need to think seriously about what it means to train their children in the Scriptures. This is exactly what Paul says Timothy's parents did with him. They taught him the Scriptures. And because he was ingrained in the Scriptures from the outset, those things stayed with him. There's something powerful, living, and active about the Word of God. And when the Scriptures are planted within our minds, planted within our souls, something changes within us. And when you're raised on that, it becomes just part of who you are, something I think which is absolutely crucial. And so as you formulate your plan for what it means to be raising your children in the Lord, ask questions about how can we make sure that the scriptures are, are put into the brains, into the minds, the lives of our children so that they know the word of God. The second thing is, Make them part of, give them every opportunity to be part of a community of faith. I love being with my kids in the context of these other families that I talked about at the beginning of the sermon here this morning. I love it when we have a chance as a family to go back and to be with them and to experience what it means again to be community within those families. We did this the, just this last summer. We were in Victoria where our children were raised. We were with these other families that had also raised their children together with us in the Lord. And there was one point in which all of us, there must have been 15 or 20 people, sat around in a room and watched a video of the kids doing a, a, a play that they had done. We, they all went to the same Christian school together, which maybe should be part of your plan they all went to the same Christian school together, and so they were, they were playing a video of what it was like when they were in grade four or five or six or something, doing this, this uh, long play together. The play took like 45 minutes for them to do this play. And the kids and the parents and everyone loved sitting there watching that video. And it wasn't just because it was a good video or something. The quality of the video was pathetic. If truth be known, the play was just okay. 
But when you take those kids and those parents and put them together in that environment, all of a sudden there is a dynamic that is going on. It's just like when Jack Mooney gets up here and he starts telling stories about what it was like as a, as a father raising his children in this church, as you did, for example, Jack on the 100th anniversary. And those who experienced that, something happens within you. Those memories come flooding back. And the, the nurture and the faith and the, just the, the wonderful times that were part of what it means to raise your children in the Lord, they come back to you because they were such wonderful, nurturing times. And you can't experience those wonderful things if your children are not part of a community of faith. And so I encourage you, I mean, in a sense, I'm speaking to the choir this morning. You're the ones who are here. Everybody needs to be here. In order to experience what it means to be the community of faith and to raise your children as part of that community of faith, it's absolutely crucial. The third thing is, give them service opportunities. I can remember like it was yesterday, taking my two boys with me on a Christmas, on a Christmas Eve to a... A, an alcohol, alcoholic's apartment to give him a Christmas hamper. And this, you know, this poor fellow, the, the only Christian fellowship he ever got was from me and Troy. And uh, we would take him things and we would bless his life and it was just, uh, it was a blessing to us in return. But I can remember the year that I took the Christmas hampers and took my two boys with me and we went to his home and experienced that together. It's that kind of event that solidifies faith. And I encourage you to give your children service opportunities. Look for ways. Be creative in looking for ways in which you can take your kids with you and, and, and give them the chances to serve Jesus, especially to those who badly need it, the inner city folks, the people who live on the streets. What can we do to help them? Your children will be blessed when you give them those opportunities. And then the fourth thing is, promote within your kids a devotional life. I can remember again so many times when we would say we're going to have a family devotional together. And it was so much different and so much more than just praying at the dinner table. That was good too. That was also community. But it was more than that. When we would stop and make sure that we spent time together, all of us focused specifically on God and what he meant for us in our lives. When our kids saw us pray for things other than just the food. Those were rich times. And God will bless you when you take opportunity to, to, to experience with them devotional life. Now, those are just a few things this morning that I think a family can do to promote faith within their own families. Is it a guarantee? It is not. But in this culture, we have a responsibility to do the very best we can to bring our children up in Christ. I pray you are diligent about that. Don't leave it to chance. Formulate a plan. Take seriously the opportunities that need to come your children's way with respect to their faith. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities I've had as a father to raise my children in you. I thank you for my wonderful 
wife who's made that possible and, and for our family. But God, I also pray today for the young families that are here who have young children. I think even of Dennis and Elena who've just in the last 24 hours or so had a new baby come into the world as part of their family. God, I pray each young family here would make a priority in their lives, the raising of their children in you. Father, whatever sacrifices need to be made, whatever plans need to come together, I pray that you would plant in the the hearts of those parents this desire to see their children serve and honor you as Lord and Savior. Father, I pray again today for the children as we've done so many times. I pray that the kids will also come to know you, that they will love you as their parents have, as, as they see in their parents. Father, give them opportunities to grow in you and plant your word within them. Father, give them a chance for real Christian community. I pray, that, God, that you would give them opportunities to serve, that, that parents would take so seriously this, this chance for their children to see faith in others and in themselves and to grow in you. God, we need this to happen because the world is against us. There are forces against our young families that don't want to see these children raised in you. Father, we want you to defeat those forces. We want you to defeat them through the faith that lives within the families. Father, we pray that every child here, that not one of them would be lost from you, that every one of them would be preserved for life under your Son. We pray these things today through Jesus. Amen.